Before we start this morning, I want to just give a general hakdama. We're not going to go into the subject um, in depth. There's more to discuss it than we will. But I want to go over a general the, the idea in general. And that is the idea of Nashim Daiton Kalis. Chazal teach us Nashim Daiton Kalis. Isha Daita Kala. When you hear those words and you translate them directly, the implication is that women have a weak mind. And uh, Adam's already giving me looks. He just walked in, but he's already like uh, getting his. Uh, uh, college education going. His college education going. But the, the reality is that anybody familiar with the world knows that it's a ridiculous thing to suggest. There is no lack of intelligence by women in comparison to men. In fact, Chazal teach us the opposite. Chazal teach us that Bina Yeseira Nitna Leisha. That women have an extra dose of bina. And we know Alpi Kabbalah that the level of bina refers to Ima Ilah. The level of bina connects to the level of mother, of woman. And we all know that for wise advice we go to our mothers. So it's a practical thing. On a practical level, we know that there's this deep wisdom by women. So how are we supposed to understand this idea of Nashim Daitan Kalis? So to understand it, at least on a basic level, and again, there's more to discuss about it, we have to understand the difference between Bina and Das. There's Chachma, Bina, and Das. Those are the three levels of intellect in the ten spheres and the ten powers that exist by every single person. So we need to understand the contrast between Bina and Das. Bina is understanding, a depth of understanding. Das is an opinion. You've all heard 
probably for me multiple times, of the Ruvain and Shimon that came to the Rav fighting with each other. First Ruvain presented his opinion. And the Rav tells Ruvain, you're right. And then Shimon presented his opinion. And the Rav told Shimon, you're right. So his wife, who was standing by the door, pipes up and says they can't both be right. So he turns to her and says, you're also right. That's a weak das. If you want to understand what a weak das is, that is the concept of a weak das. And the deeper the bina, the weaker the das. Because bina yisera nitna leisha, because women have this extra dose of intuition, of appreciation, of understanding, Women can understand people so much better, can relate to people so much better. Because of that, when it comes to having a strong opinion, their opinion is weaker. Why is their opinion weaker? Because an opinion means choosing a side. And it's much more difficult to choose a side when you have a deep appreciation of either side. When you're connecting in a deep way to this idea and to that idea, and each idea that you that is presented to you, you're able to understand it in its fullest, in its depth, in its truth. Then how are you supposed to say that this is my complete opinion? When one idea is presented to you, you take that one. When a second idea is presented to you, you take that one. And that's what it means that Daiton Kalis. And this is also something that we find in the Gemara that neichos lehispatos, they're easier to convince. They're easier to change their mind. The reason why you can change their mind is because of their understanding. The reason why men are more obstinate is because they lack that bina yaseira. Make sense? Yes, Adam. So I've heard arguments be said about, you know, of course there's a the opinion that, well, it's just, it's it's tradition that women aren't rabbis. But I've heard other opinions which will say that the reason women aren't rabbis is because this kind of idea that we're talking about, that there's too much um, going this way and now when I want opinion on the other. But wouldn't it make sense that to have understanding of every issue in this way is exactly what someone in the position of a judge would need to have? The, no, a judge needs to arrive at a decision. The whole point of a judge is to arrive at a maskana. A judge who says, you're right, you're right, you're also right, is a lousy judge. Because they're able to appreciate each opinion in on its level. There were women judges, though. There were women judges and there were women nevias. There were seven nevias from the most beautiful and poetic and deep nevois which we have came from women.
there's no lack of intelligence by women. But there's a certain strength. Are women weaker than men? Yes or no? Adam, they're not weaker than men? That's a ridiculous statement. That's an absurd statement. In fact, we always find throughout history that we're always trying to protect women. That there's a certain idea that the man is supposed to be the protector and the woman is supposed to be protected. And we find in our even our natural inclination now, when we say that the, there are, are all of these unnecessary things, that are, it's when women and children are hurt that our, um, uh, our, our, our senses are alerted. There's something wrong going on over here. Why are women and children being hurt? Yesterday's Chumash. It's when women are affected that there is this idea. And one of the greatest controversies that's going on in the ridiculous world right now is when a man who chooses to be a woman wants to compete against women in women's sports, right? Or in men's sports, I don't know what it is anymore. Neither do they. Who is he <laughs> and he is she? Maz what means him? It's in Hebrew. Who is he and he is she? <laughs> um, so, of course, women are more weak than men. Again, their weakness doesn't imply a detriment. On the contrary, it's because the woman is the Karis Her job is not to be this man going out into the world and taking over the world and being just a little bit almost simple-minded in the stereotype. Just her job is to take that which the man brings home and create from it something which is able to then become the beauty and the, the warmth and the light of the home that she is running. That's what it means that she's like Arisa Bice. Yes, she's weaker. She's not the protector. She's the one on the inside. And her job is to protect, is to, is to, um, to cultivate. Her job is to build. Her job is to create. And that's with the Bina that she has. So there's the Chachma and the Bina and so on and so forth. There's the Mashpia and Mekabel, which we've discussed again at great length in the Lechadaydi Maimir that we learned. The man is the Mashpia and the woman is the Mekabel. And there's the idea that when Mashiach comes, Nekeva to Seviv Gever, that the Nekeva will be on a higher level than the Gever, than the man. And all of these are appreciated and understood through the lens of Chassidus. I mentioned to you already twice, there's much more to discuss than we have the time to discuss. This isn't a class about this subject. I'm just giving this introduction because before we see it inside, I want the general perspective to be clear.
But I want to make one point that to me seems like such an obvious point and I've never heard anything that I that even suggested any different perspective that can be presented with regard to this subject. Those who argue for women's liberation, etc., whatever l'shaynis, I don't know, the modern languages which are used for it. And they say that therefore women have to be equal to men, are the most disrespecting to women that can be. Because making women equal to men is saying that ultimately the only value in a woman is if she's the same as a man. And that's stupid. Because a woman has an inherent value. And a value which, according to Kabbalah, as we mentioned, actually has certain advantages and future appreciations which a man can never have. Can never achieve. So what's that supposed to mean? That you want a woman to be the same as a man? That's so cheapening. That's so disrespecting to the value of a woman. That a woman has an inherent value and a beautiful value. A fantastic value. Which is her. And which is emphasized through Kalkfuda Basmelech Pnima through tzniyas, through modesty, and so on and so forth. What was the first thing you said? Pnima, the honor of a princess is when she is pnima, when she's inside, when she remains inside. Um, and, and so on and so forth, behaving... House, the, right, inside the house, that cares bias, that she takes care of the home. So th- this is something which... It's, again, it's just a general introduction before we see the subject inside so that you should have that perspective and more discussion, if that's necessary, will come in the right time. Let's take a look inside now where we're holding. So from here, we discussed the idea of Isarusa de la Eila and Isarusa de la Sata, an arousal from above, and an arousal from below. Mm. And we said that really the arousal from above initially comes to give you a tickle. But the purpose of that tickle is not that the tickle should be any lasting, have any lasting effect. On the contrary, the purpose of that tickle is to wake you up. And the objective of waking you up is so that you should currently have a an arousal from below. And that that arousal from below should build you It should build you so that you now are a vessel. And now this brings another isarusa another arousal from above. That this arousal from above, this is step number three, is one which you're able to hold on to which is followed by another arousal from below and then another arousal from above. Step four, which we started to discuss in this mimer, and step five, which we don't discuss in this mimer at all. But 
that's not the primary focus of this mimer. The primary focus of this mimer is steps one, two, and three. And in order to understand that, the mimer addresses a obs- I don't know if the right word is obscure. A mimer chazal, which is very difficult to understand. It's a teaching of chazal that's very difficult for us to relate to practical terms. What are the practical terms that that's supposed to mean? But according to Kabbalah, it's something which is very well understood. That's by the words Vizahu Inyan. And this is the idea of Ish Mazriya Tchila Yoiladas Nekeva. It says in the Pasuk, in Parshas Tazriya, it says Isha Kitzazriya Vyoiladas Zachar. A woman who gives seed, the man and the woman both give seed. They both share seed, and the seed of theirs together, the man's seed and the woman's seed, is what allows the child to then develop inside of the woman. It says a woman, this is the lashon of the Pasuk, the language, a woman who gives seed, and she gives birth to a male. So Chazal comment on that and say that if the man gives his seed first, then the child will be a female. And if the woman gives her seed first, then the child will be a male. Now, scientifically, I don't know what that's supposed to mean. However, on a Kabbalistic level, and this is discussed in the Arachayim HaKadosh on the Pasuk, in, 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 over there in the beginning of Parshish Tazria at length and it's discussed in various places in Chassidus according to Kabbalah this is something which is very beautiful and that's exactly the subject of our Mimer because Ish refers to the Isarusa de Le'ela the Mashpia Hashem and Isha refers to the Sarusa de Lesato, the Mechabal, us, Knesset Yisrael, the Yidin. And when Ish Mazriat Chila, when the original inspiration comes from above, and that's the inspiration which you are holding on to, the inspiration from above, without inspiration from below, then, Yeladas Nekeva, then she gives birth to a Nekeva, to a female, that the idea of a female is someone who, something which is weaker. And this is what the Mimer continues, V'noshem Daiton Kalois, women, Daiton Kalois, their Das, their level of Das, as we discussed earlier, is weaker, and it's easier for her to be convinced. It's after davening to Taivas of the world. In other words, if you don't prepare yourself for davening, if you don't learn chsidis before davening, and you sit there and daven, and during davening you feel this feeling inside of you. 
a feeling of your neshama, your neshama which is moving around and saying, I'm here, I exist, I love Hashem. And you feel that and you're all filled with love of Hashem and not love of anything gashmi, of anything physical. But since it's not coming from any yegiyas nefesh and yegiyas basa that you put into it before davening, then right after davening, then you see your Danish again and you're all excited about your Danish. Because you didn't work for it. Because it's coming from ish mazria tchila. It's coming from above. And therefore, it's easy, easy to be convinced after davening, after you finish davening. Aval, but im isha mazra astchila. If the woman is being mazria, if she's giving the seed first, that means that there's this arusa de lesata, the arousal from below, that it's starting from the woman. It's starting from the igias nefesh vigias basa that you're sitting and harving and thinking about Abister. And you're thinking about what does Abishter mean to me? And how am I going to change my life according to Abishter? How am I going to make sure that I'm going to integrate it and absorb it and make it part of me? And then I daven. And during davening, I have that isarusa de la'ela, that arousal from above, that feeling of inspiration. That inspiration is not going to be a fleeting inspiration. That's going to be a lasting inspiration. If isha mazras tchila, lias bisarusa de lasata, sarusa de la'ela, that, that causes the idea that we were discussing earlier in the Maimar, that from the Isarusa de Lasata, from the arousal from below, that's where the Isarusa de Laila, the arousal from above comes. That the arousal from below is the beginning of the arousal from above. And that's what's the vessel to hold on to the arousal from above. So of course, you below can never achieve what can be achieved from above, what's given to you from above. You can't ever get that on your own. But you're not going to hold on to it either. If you don't make a keli beforehand. So therefore, Azai Yeladis Zachar, then she gives birth to a Zachar, to a male, to a boy. What's a boy? A boy is Shahu Das Chazak Bavida. That is that strength in the level of Das, the staying power, the resolve. The strong opinion that this is what it's going to be. And just because I'm taking off my tefillin now, I'm not going to get excited by the, by the Danish. And again, this isn't a reference to men and women per se. It's a reference to the das on the level of a male das and on the level of a female das, as we discussed. One second. All right. Oh, yeah, so to me it seems like davening would be an arousal from below, would it not? Like, yes, know? absolutely, in a certain sense. However, that all depends on how we approach our davening. If we approach our davening, that we prepare ourselves for it, 
then when we open up the Siddha, we're really thinking about the words we're saying and we're really putting in effort. Like it says that there, uh, that um, uh, a person is not supposed to begin davening What's koivid roish? It means the effort and the exertion that a person puts in to preparing himself for davening. Then his davening is a proper arousal from below. But if not, then his davening is like a bear davening. You know that they said that you could teach a bear how to daven. Mm-hmm. You know how they teach a bear how to daven? They take a siddur and they put some honey on the page of the siddur. And the bear comes to the siddur and it sees the honey. So it goes like this. <laughs> and then it turns the page looking for more honey. And it goes like this, and there's no honey, so it goes, mmm. And then it goes to the next page, and it goes down and looks for honey, and it sees there's no honey, so it goes, mmm. And it continues turning the page, and goes, mmm, mmm, So that's how you teach a beer, how to daven. So sometimes our davening is like a beer davening. A beer davening means that we're just going down the page and saying, mmm. That's where we didn't put in the proper effort beforehand. And then our davening is not an arousal from below the way that it's supposed to be. And therefore, even if during our davening we feel that um, movement inside of us, of our nefesh kiss of our godly soul, we feel that cry of our godly soul, but it quickly becomes diminished by the cry of our animal soul, pancakes! Right after we finish davening. Um, <clears throat> so we we spoke about how and the arousal from above and the arousal from below have a different level of das, but counteractively it means they also have a, a reverse aspect of bina. What does that mean for the arousal from above and below? That the arousal from above has a higher level of bina. That was in the practical discussion. Doesn't, that doesn't track. Not over here. The point that we're bringing out over here is with regard to the das chazak, that if the arousal starts from below, then it creates something which has a strong das, meaning a staying power. And if the the arousal starts from above, then it has a fleeting staying power. It doesn't remain. Okay? So Bina doesn't drive. Okay. Right. Okay. So that's the point that we made over here. We spoke about it at great length relative to the words, but that's just because I wanted you to appreciate it properly. <laughs> and not attack me with your college reflexes. V'zehu hasiba, and this is the reason lama shakayvlim, to this, that shakayvlim, they complain, they kvetch. Mashakayvlim es atzmam balei aveda. The balei aveda, the people who work on their service of Hashem, they kvetch, they complain. What do they complain about? that they find that they have this spirit of purity. Remember the story I told you yesterday of Rabbi Kusia Lepler? They have this spirit of purity that comes into them. This eros and an arousal to serve Hashem al kamasha voice for several weeks. And afterwards, it completely stops. After that, they they lose it. So they had several weeks of inspiration, and then they feel low and dark, 
and 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 trapped again inside of themselves. So the Maimer says, The reason for this is, because this arousal that they felt when they were feeling the arousal, it was from above only. Therefore, after after an interruption, after Histalkos, after it leaves, or Histalkos. The light of the Sarusa Dalela, you didn't grab onto it because you have nothing to grab onto it with. It's like going into a shower. While you're in the shower, you're very wet, but once the shower finishes, you're not wet anymore because you didn't hold on to it. It all went down the drain, so to speak. And that's what happens with an Esarusa de Leila. An Esarusa de Leila is a spiritual shower. It washes over you and makes you feel all excited, but once it's done, it's gone. And that's the histalkus, or Esarusa de Leila. So then, Nishar al Amdai Vitivai, the person remains al Amdai in his standing, Vitivai, and in his nature, the same as he was beforehand. Is this why, like, people in Jerusalem think, these people who, like, push going to, to going to Israel with that, without, without Chassidus, it's like almost like a Israel Leila, you know, killing for. Most right? definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. And we see, unfortunately, that that can have uh, not positive results. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in summary, this, this section that we just learned, the explanation of the difference between the Isarusa de la Eila and the Isarusa de la Sata taught us that we need to have an arousal from below in order to be able to grab onto the arousal from above. So there is an arousal from above that tickles us and reminds us to do an arousal from below. That, the point of that arousal, step one, is just to wake us up. Once we have that arousal, then we need to go and follow it up with an arousal from below so that we should be able to then earn an arousal from above which we'll be able to hold on to. Now that the Maimer explained that, it goes back to the original questions. On the question of Adam Kiyakir, on the Pasuk Adam Kiyakir, so we asked several questions. We asked, first of all, that it says Adam Kiyakir Mikem, that the, the it starts off speaking um, Mikem from you, but then it says kiyakriv. It says if he will lashen nistar. So it says first kiyakriv. I'm sorry, lashen nistar. First it says um, from he, he will, which is um, uh, third person, and then it starts speaking mikem. Starts speaking first person, and also it finishes off the pasuk takrivu eskarbanchem um, uh, lashen neichach direct. That it's talking to you. Also, it starts off speaking in the singular, kiyakriv, and then it says, takrivus karbanchem, which is plural. It starts off singular and it ends off plural. And also, why does it say, adam kiyakriv mikem karban lashem? It should say, adam mikem kiyakriv karban lashem. Not a person who will bring from you, but a person from you who will bring. Those were the questions, the general questions which we asked in the syntax of this Pasuk.
And basically what the Mermer is going to explain to us is that the syntax of this Pasuk is written so because in as in every single Pasuk in Torah, there isn't just the pshat, the basic meaning of the Pasuk, but there's also the deeper meaning which the Torah is coming to teach us over here. The Torah is not just coming to teach us on a practical level how to take an animal and bring it to the Mizbeach. The Torah over here is also trying to teach us on a spiritual level how to make ourselves a carbon to Hashem, how to bring ourselves closer to Hashem. And in order to explain that, the Torah put in these... Um, uh, grammatical inconsistencies to hint at a much deeper meaning. And that's what the Mimer is going to explain now. V'zehu Adam kiyakrev mikem. This is the idea of Adam kiyakrev mikem. So in order to explain this, we first go back to an idea which we discussed in the beginning of this Mimer. How Adam refers to Adam Sha'al Hakisei, which on the map, as people like saying, it's the level of Atzilus. Really, the Abishter is higher than that, as it says in the Pasuk, Adam, who. The Abishter is higher even than the level of Atzilus. But there's the Adam Sha'al Hakisei, and then there's the um, that's in the world of Bria. So when we say Adam Kiyakov Mikam, we're referring to not the Pnei Adam and the level of Bria and the level of Merkava, but the Adam, the Adam Ha'elia in the Abishter, as the Abishter is in the world of Atsilus. We discussed these levels in the first class at greater length. I'm not going to go through that whole discussion again. Kihine. Bechinas Adam, who al Adam. The level of Adam refers to the level of Abishter, the level of Adam Ha'elyan, as it says in the Pasuk, that saw that on the image of the throne he saw an image that appeared like a man. Because really, as it says in in um, uh, the introduction to Tikkun Zayar, and um, uh, we say this in Pasach Elio, which we say every single Friday evening before Shabbos, that Lav Mikol Ilein Midas Yuklal, you could look it up on inside over there, not from all of these Midas is Hashem included. That means that why is Hashem called Adam? Hashem is called Adam because he chose to limit himself, so to speak, to capture himself inside of the world of Atsilos in ten godly spheres, which create the image of a man, the Chachma Binadas is the head, the Chesed and Gevura are the right hand and the left hand, and then there's the body and the Yesod, and so on and so forth. So this is the image of Adam, which Hashem chose to project himself in the ten spheres with which Hashem creates the world, the which begin in the first world, the world of Atsilos. But the truth is 
that lav mikol ilen midas iuklo. Hashem isn't captured really in those ten spheres. Hashem himself is ain't safe, he's infinite. It's Hashem choosing to create you and I, that we should be able to exist, that Hashem therefore decided through, to make a tzimtzum and through that tzimtzum to bring out just a certain limited aspect on ten different levels, which are the ten spheres. But love mikol ilan midas iuklol. He's not captured in those ten midas. He clothes himself in the original Lukut it says, the Rashatevis is for Be'eser spheres and the ten spheres. And these ten spheres are called Ramach Ivrim the Malka, the 248 limbs of the king. Because a limb, just like your 248 limbs, make up you. And your pinky is you. Why is your pinky you? Because your pinky, as long as it's attached to a healthy body, Baruch Hashem, is being mamshich. It's drawing down you into it. So too, Hashem has 248 limbs, which are represented in the 248 mitzvahs assay, which is why every single mitzvah that we do is so important, because the mitzvahs that we do draw godliness into the world in the same way your limbs draw you into them. So that's called the Ramach Ivrim the Malka, the 248 limbs of the king, is this this body, so to speak, it's not a physical body, but a spiritual body, but a body which represents our own, a body which reflects our own, even the physical body, is reflected in this spiritual body of Abishter in the world of Atsilos, has 248 limbs, meaning that Hashem is built up inside of them, and Hashem, the infinite godliness, which is higher, is being projected now through these finite levels. It's infinitely finite levels, but finite levels that are in the world of Atsilos. And the reason for this is, the objective of this is, in order to shine through this, to the souls of the Jewish people, and in all of the worlds. In other words, why does Hashem do this? Why does Hashem take from His infinite, unending power and limit it to just ten spheres that exist here in the world of Atsilos, the 248 mitzvahs, and so on and so forth? Why does Hashem choose to limit Himself from the infinite to the finite? Because Hashem wants you. And you are a finite person. And Hashem wants that l'ha'ir, to the and all of the worlds, Hashem wants that you should exist. And for you to exist, Hashem chose to limit Himself from a great power to a very defined and limitation to, 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 to unlimited is not something that you can say it's so far away. You can't say it's so far away. So far away means that I'm here and you're a hundred thousand miles away from me. But a hundred thousand miles away from me means that you're in a limited spot. From limited to unlimited, you can't say it's so far away. It's 
It's incomparable. And the reason why Hashem chose to do that is because Hashem loves you and Hashem wants that you should be here, that you should exist. And therefore, the, the the it's called Kamara Adam in the image of man because the objective of Hashem creating this is in order that man should exist. So the whole world is created in a format for man to be able to eventually evolve. It's not that Hashem went and made a world of Atsilus and decided to create and eventually somewhere at the end, let's see what happens. You know, like sometimes a cook comes into the kitchen and throws together a bunch of ingredients and says, let's see what type of Michael will come out of this, right? But a cook that is a professional cook knows exactly what they want beforehand and the ingredients that they choose and the precise measurements of those ingredients, etc., are all with the eventual pastry or dish that evolves, that comes out in mind with that objective from the very beginning. We were the objective. And because we were the objective, everything that's being used is precisely fit for us. It's precisely designed so that we should emerge, so that we should come out at the end. And therefore it's called Kamara Adam. It's called Adam Ha'elyin because Adam Ha'elyin, because of the similarity, because of the comparison, because of the reflection between us and Abishter. And therefore the Mimer says, Nemar, Adam Kiyakriv. With regard to this, it says, Adam Kiyakriv, a person who will be Makriv, a person who will bring. Hainu Adam That means drawing down an arousal from above from the level of Adam Ha'elyin. Adam Kiyakrev means that tickle. Step one, which we discussed earlier. Adam Kiyakrev means Hashem looks at you and says, I love you and I want you to connect to me. I want you to come closer to me. Adam, Hashem Kiyakrev, when he brings you close. When he brings you close. And therefore it says in the singular, as the Mimer is going to continue to explain, because Hashem is one. Hashem is only one. Therefore, Adam, Adam Ha'alian, Hashem, Kiyakiv, when he, in the Nistar, Hashem, we're speaking about in the Nistar, not L'Neichach. We can't speak about Hashem directly. We're speaking about Hashem in the Nistar, in the third person. When he, Hashem, will, Yakiv, when he will bring a carbon. Who will he bring a carbon? Mikem, carbon Hashem. He wants you. What does Hashem want? Hashem wants you. That to bring the heart of man to Hashem. As it says in the verse, like water reflects a face, so too the heart of one man reflects the heart of another man. Now, this is a deep psychological insight, which again, I don't have time to 
address as a full subject right now. But it's a deep idea which is important for a person to recognize that if you feel something in someone else about you, it's probably a reflection of the way you're feeling towards them. And also in the reverse, if you want that someone else should feel something about you, then behave to them in that way. Behave to them in the way that you want them to feel about you, and you will be able to elicit those responses, that type of relationship from them. That's on a simple level, this deep insight of Shleimah HaMelech of Kamayim HaPanam Lepanam Kein Adam. But that's not the point that we want to bring across currently. The point that we want to bring across currently is the Kabbalistic meaning, the deeper meaning of Kamayim HaPanam Lepanam. And the deeper meaning of Kamayim HaPanam Lepanam is that when we say Adam, La Adam, we're talking about Adam de La'ela Hashem to Adam HaTachte to us. That when Hashem turns to us in a certain way, then we feel the same way to Him. We know that when Hashem came to give us the Torah, so Hashem lifted the mountain over our heads, it says in the Gemara in Shabbos. Hashem lifted the mountain over our heads and said, either you take the Torah or I'm dropping this mountain over your head. On top of you. That sounds like religious coercion. Right? But in fact, according to Chassidus, the Alter Rebbe explains, maybe we'll learn the Maimir Bezis Hashem. We have two others this year, so we have a long time. Um, the Maimir Chayivinish Lebsumir Bepurya. The Alter Rebbe explains that what it means that Hashem held the mountain over our heads, means that Hashem revealed the full potency, the full power of His love to us. He showed us how much He loves us. And because He showed us how much He loves us, we felt that same love reflecting back to Him. Because when Hashem tickles us from above, we're going to respond. We're very, very ticklish. <laughs> we're very ticklish. When Hashem touches us, then we feel that touch. When Hashem smiles at us, we feel that smile. When Hashem expresses His love to us, we feel that love and we respond with love. But the problem is that if it's only a tickle, then... If the tickle dissipates and we go back to sleep, nothing was accomplished, as we've discussed earlier. So the Maimer, the pasuk is teaching us Adam kiyakiv mikem karban Nashem. Then the ter- the pasuk continues and tells us, don't let it disappear. Take your own nefesh abahamis with Yigiyas Nefesh and Yigiyas Basar, as we've discussed, and do in a Sirusa de Lasata in order to make sure to hold on to it. We'll finish tomorrow, Yes, David.
Not at all. And that's why it's talking about Adam HaAlyan to Adam HaTachten. If the Pasuk is explained on its simple level, then it's talking about two peers. If the Pasuk is, speak, is, discuss, is being explained on this spiritual level, then it's talking about a Mashpiyata Makabel. It's a whole different discussion, indeed. But that different discussion has the same results that our heart will reflect what is being projected to us from the heart of Hashem. 